Police in Las Vegas found themselves in the middle of a UFO mystery last month after an... It was big eyes. They have big eyes. Mythical Legends Podcast with your host Daniel Barnett. Welcome to the Mythical Mythical Legends Podcast. Today we have an amazing guest, Bigfoot researcher and cryptozoologist. Um, let's welcome Daniel Benoit. You are more than welcome to ask any questions um, in the comments and um, let and let's have fun. Um, so, hi Daniel. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yourself, Daniel. How are you? Got, you? You got a good name. I'm doing great. <laughs> um, so yeah, thank um, you for having me on here. Um, where are you based? I am located here in the United States. Um, I I am based out of the state of Virginia. I'm currently right now. I'm in the state of Pennsylvania. I've been doing some Bigfoot research and some uh, projects up here. I'm working on. Um, I've done a lot of research up and down the east coast but uh right now we're getting into it here in the state of pennsylvania in the united states and uh yeah uh i represent the east coast i do a lot of my research here on the east coast of the united states so um i have yet to do a lot more traveling but i've been doing enough lately <laughs> so mm -hmm. amazing yeah. um so could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself uh, yeah, um, I always find it hard to figure out where to start, but, you know, I, I've been involved with the Bigfoot research for approximately 13 plus years now. Um, you know, I grew up in the outdoors uh, ever since I was a young child myself. I uh, I was either out in the woods hunting with dad and, or playing in the woods. Um, so, you know, I was well acquainted and well familiar with the outdoors and uh, wildlife has been my specialty over the years. Uh, I specialize in a lot of the known species of wildlife. And, you know, when I stepped foot in, in the Bigfoot world, I brought my wildlife expertise and my knowledge um, in play with the research. Um, and I guess if I could um, get a little bit more specific on that, um, one thing i don't know if you've noticed but you'll probably see it the more you watch and listening you know in the big search community especially on social media uh a lot of people when they get involved with bigfoot research or any kind of cryptid field they tend to forget and uh, and lose the fact that we have wildlife other than bigfoot and and that's where i try to bring that form of education and an awareness to people that we're neglecting all these other species so it's very important to slow down take a deep breath and start with the basics and consider what we already have that is known versus the unknown so um yeah so that's where i've been taking this i, I do a lot of presentations i speak at a, a lot of various events and um my biggest goal and my mission behind this is spreading awareness uh both of who i am what i do um i like to share my views on things um, if I learn something, I want to share it with somebody. Um, and one thing about me, I, I try not to force my beliefs on anybody, but I try to present it in a way where I want people to at least consider it, at least, um, you know, think about it for a little bit, you know, um, because, you know, there's a lot of theories out there. Um, a lot of theories and people need to, you know, pay attention to them, but, kind of put them on the back burner and maybe um, when something's presented that sounds bizarre, um, like I tell people, you got to take everything with a grain of salt, you know, um, you know, you got to be careful what you, what you see and believe, you know, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Les Stroud, Survivor Man, Les Stroud. Yeah. Um, yep. There's oh, one yeah. thing, 
yeah, there's one thing he said I'll never forget. Um, there's one thing he said that he, uh, and I use this sometimes. I bring it up in my presentations, and I, I, I share it to people. The one thing he said I'll never forget is don't fall prey to deception. You know, and for those who might not understand that, it's don't be gullible. Don't fall into, you know, don't be pulled into something that you don't know nothing about. You know, that's where the research and, um, you know, the investigation comes in play, you know. Um, I know a lot of it's easier said than done because a lot of people, such as myself, when I first started off in this, I, I'll be one of the first to admit, everything, when I went into the woods, every odd thing I found, or even if it's something I heard that I couldn't explain, of course, it was Bigfoot. It was Bigfoot. And I was wrong. I learned to learn that was wrong. But and And there's a lot of people that are still like that today. Grown adults that are like that, you know. And I see it every day. Um, and, but I have to be understanding because again, I was like that myself because I was, I was excited. I'm still excited. I'm 40, uh, I'm almost 44 years old and, and the subject really excites me till this day. So, you know, um, so I'm a, like a big kid myself, but yet I have to, you know, there's a serious side to this too, you know? So, yeah. So yeah, yeah. we just have to, um, you know, um, yeah, go it, ahead. it, it, it it really, really reminds me of when I'm out doing my my own research because, in a way, I'm very I'm very very similar to what your work um, is when you go out. Everything's Bigfoot, but I have to kind of contain that. And um, I don't know if you know, but um, I've found primate DNA here in the UK, and I've had to be really That's really right, careful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, and I've had to be really, really careful to not go. Oh, it's just all Bigfoot. Oh, it's all this. It's all that. I'm like, you, you, you have to kind of contain it, don't you? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's easier said than done sometimes. Because you know, we want to believe it's Bigfoot or think it's Bigfoot, but um, like for example, when I'm out in the woods, I have come across various samples of hair but the hair that i've always come across i can identify it um because i'm familiar with what's doing it or what's leaving it behind uh bears for example we excuse me here on the east coast in the united states i mean and throughout the rest of the united states we have black bears you know of course and then you go further out west you got the brown bears and you got the grizzlies up north and but um black bears are very common here and like i've taken people out look at a small pine tree that's been broke or snapped over and a majority of the time but not all the time if you take your time to look it over you'll see hair fibers you'll see hair that gets stuck and snagged behind on the pine trees and you know i, I tell people take a look at that i said what do you see those are hairs you know they get excited i said all right exactly what they are but i tell them what they are i've had you know i've learned this long time ago when i've had samples tested and I started studying bears very closely, but black bears are notorious or famous for pushing and breaking and playing on trees, um, especially small saplings such as pine trees. Um, so yeah, majority of the time when I see a, a broken tree, I'll look for the hair fibers, you know, just to see if it if it was a a wildlife species or something that may have done it. But um, but yeah. You know, as far as collecting hairs, I mean, I hope I find something more incredible later, you know, something other than black bear. You know, I would love to find some kind of primate hair, you know, <laughs> that would be awesome, though, you know, regardless of what yeah. that primate might be, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, everybody has a different view. It, it's, it's, really, it's really, really interesting here, hearing about where everyone has seen and where uh, what what people have found and what they've cut they kind of tested now you testing hair is really is really, really mm -hmm. interesting to me because it's something it's something that i that i kind of want to do myself so it's kind of a why a one-way system there where we all can't. We we all kind of learn our own different um, things, and then we come together and join one. It's like I've started a team here in, in the UK for Bigfoot to try and 
everything that is found here in the UK to bring together to this team to kind of then increase our chances of finding something, if you know what I mean. Right, absolutely. I'm just curious. I was wondering, do you know uh, Andrew McGrath? Are you familiar with him? Uh, Andy McGrath, I happen to have an interview with tomorrow, Daniel. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, he lives out your way. Um, I've, Yeah, he's been on my podcast as well. Uh, he's a great guy, full of knowledge. And you may find him very interesting. Um, yeah, I think I think you really will. Yeah, like I said, he... Uh, I know he's busy because you know he's got a wife and kids himself. So, but you know he he does a lot of research with various cryptids, and uh, I think even out there, I think they do. Um, he does research on black panthers or black big large black cats out that way. Uh, yeah, uh, which yeah. is interesting. I haven't spoke to him in a long time, but um, yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah. Um. So. Um, yeah. If we move on, if we move on slightly. Could you tell us how you got interested in the Bigfoot mystery? Well, you know, you know, what got me involved or a big part of it, um, I think a lot of people can relate relate to this. Um, if you're familiar with the Roger Patterson and Bob Gimlin footage so, uh, that took place in Bluff Creek, California, back in 1967, um, that video footage actually intrigued me. Um, a couple of the things that I found interesting about that was that back during that time period or era, um, as far as we know, they didn't have the technology to produce such a, a costume, if that was a costume. I mean, where did it come from if it was a costume, you know? Um, it's, you know, even to this day, it's still debatable. But um, now, even though I feel convinced over it, doesn't mean you know doesn't mean it can't be fake uh but that there got me intrigued is to start looking into the subject uh along with there has been a few other things here and there um because over the years uh science has gotten involved and they dissected the video uh according to science everything points towards this being a real flesh and blood creature however mm. you know we got to be careful science has flaws and science has been known to be wrong before so um but with that being said, again, personally, I feel like it's it's legit. Um, and so, like I said, that kind of opened my eyes to start looking into it, you know. Uh, and then when I got on social media, like Facebook, for example, I was kind of blown away by how many people were actually involved with this, you know. Um, and then learning and seeing all the different theories that people were throwing out there, um, I was basically the one person, I was like the kid in the back of the classroom you know listening to the different theories but i was taking notes i didn't jump on board with any of them i didn't believe any of them but some of them found very uh, some of them sound convincing um but i wanted to look into it that that drove me to look into it and do a lot more research um you know here i am i'm already familiar with the outdoors i'm familiar with wildlife uh so a lot of my research you know, I started doing some research out of the field. You know, I started looking on various uh, topics and subjects uh, to get a better understanding, you know, of a lot of things. Um, and the more I got involved with this, the more I grew into this, for some reason, primates, non-human species of primates, gorillas, chimpanzees, and so forth, became my area of interest. Because I wanted to study their behaviors. I wanted to study what they're known for doing, what they've been observed doing. Because a lot of people are stating all these alleged facts or, you know, whatever they may have observed uh, seeing Bigfoot do. And when I started researching about our non-human species of primates, I started to pick up and compare what people are witnessing in the United States and various areas around the world with our non-species of uh, non-human primates. And I've started to pick up that, hey, there's a lot of similarities here. People saying Bigfoot's doing this, Bigfoot does this, Bigfoot, you know. But wait a minute, I have to stop and look. Oh, wait a minute, chimpanzees do this, gorillas do this. You know, so these are all primate characteristics and behaviors. So the more I looked into it, I started 
in my this is just me now in my own conclusion i believe that bigfoot is some type of primate you know mm. but undiscovered unclassified so i, I want to be careful when i say that because i'm not saying bigfoot's a gorilla i'm not saying he's a chimpanzee there's a lot of people that believe that he's a type of human um but then i ha i i personally have an issue with that because if you believe he's a human hybrid well back in the i think it was back to 1940s uh there was a russian experiment with a gentleman by the name of ivan um well his name longer than that i just call him ivan it's easier to pronounce <laughs> um but yeah he, where he tried to impregnate um a human female uh with chimpanzee you know dna or, or sperm and he had several attempts and he was never successful it was a failed experiment um because the way i look at things this is the scientific way i look at things only humans can breed with humans you know yes a chimpanzee's dna is basically a 1.8 percent difference compared to ours however it's still that little percentage is actually a big difference people don't realize how big that small percentage really is you cannot breed a human with a horse or a horse with a cat you know i'm just making some random comparisons here but it's got to be a species of its own kind you know science says yes chimpanzees are our closest living relative according to them it is i i look at things more in a biblical background um you know and you know i i, I try to get too involved with that but people don't want to get into that which is it can be kind of complicated i get depending on how you look at that or how far back you look into it but i just believe every species could only breed within its own kind you know uh yes horses there's a different breed of strain of horses horses donkeys mules you know zebras they're all of the same bloodline you know um you're not gonna have a horse and a dog you know that's impossible <laughs> so, um but you know i mean you understand what i'm saying right you know <laughs> so, yeah um, yeah and um and, yeah. Um, I we've and I've almost kind of proved your theory there, where in in this DNA that I found here, we had humans, mm -hmm. great apes, and old world monkey. Now the old world monkey we cannot explain at all. Um, it, it's it's just another yeah. thing. Um, now with that the, that was very weird. Huh? Yeah, I remember the result. Yeah. 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 Um, and with the great apes, people were saying that possibly human and great apes could have been combined. Now, the question goes to me is, could it possibly, whatever this creature is, have some great ape DNA which means it could possibly relate to humans. Now, I don't know whether that's possible or not, but it just raises questions, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, you know, like with all these different testings and um, the way some of these anthropologists and other scientists look into this subject, uh some of it's above my head you know or over my head however i do try to pay close attention as best as i can um mm. and i try to keep an open mind I, I really do i try to keep an open mind but yet i try to remain objective you know i don't want to believe or go along with this certain belief because the majority of the people believe that um i have you know until things are laid out in stone and officially proven I just have to keep the open mind and think and focus and look in other directions because I feel like there's certain other directions that are being overlooked or just neglected, you know, um, when we should be focusing over here, when everyone's thinking with their imagination, they, oh, it might be this, you know. Um, but, yeah, I think DNA, I mean, if, if you have DNA, um, and I, I'm a firm believer in you can have DNA samples, it can say this and this and this, but unless you have a Bigfoot body to compare those samples to, you can't say, well, this is what this is coming from. A lot of people don't realize that you need that specimen, you know? Um, some yeah, people believe and, otherwise, and, but I don't see how and, that's possible. 
I will say that the only thing that has stumped the researchers here in the UK and the researchers that actually worked on this DNA was the UK has no wild primates at all. No, no wild primates at all. Now, that is the only thing that that the lab went, oh, now, is, is there um, something else out there? And one of the scientists stood there. Now, these guys are scientists. And for the first time, this guy said, this kid may have actually done it, may have actually found something quite significant. Now, obviously, there's a lot more to go. But it, it's that step closer where we go, we now have actual DNA proof that there is possibly something. Now, there's a lot more to go out there, but I think it's really, it's a really, really interesting find. Right, absolutely. And from what I recall of your, your discovery, I think that's amazing. I mean, of course, it's coming from a Daniel, so that's a good thing. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep. We may have the same um, first name, but we have but we all I noticed that we have the same initials. Your last name is Barnett, right? Yeah, yeah, we do. Oh, I think you yeah. My my last name's Benoit. It's a French name, so <laughs> yeah. But um yeah. Um, so, so yeah. Um, I think you know I'll, um, Oh go ahead, I'm sorry. That's all right. Um the delay's hard, so so it's fine. Um <laughs> so um what um have you had any Bigfoot's uh, encounters or experiences? I yeah, I've had a few different experiences over the years, but uh, one in particular uh, happened back in 2014. Uh, it was during one of my group campouts uh, with you know some of my team members, and um, yeah, it was just basically a camping expedition. We did a lot of exploring during the day and. Um, we were out there for, most of us were out there for the whole week. Some of them couldn't stay the whole week, but, uh, May 3rd of 2015, um, after a day of exploring up behind camp, um, you know, and then coming back and hanging out at camp, we decided to go do a night hike, um, in the area where we were camping at, keep in mind, there's about, there's a lake almost a mile from where we set up camp. And we decided, come on, guys, let's go down to the lake. You know, it's starting to get dark. And so we left camp on foot, worked our way down to the lake. Well, we're, like I said, there were six of us all together. So we paired up in twos and we spurred out around the lake. Um, a couple of us, we, you know, we had some para, uh, our parabolic mics uh, where we were listening. Uh, we all had radio communication. Um, and... You know, after listening, and uh, we, you know, we don't really hear nothing um, except the one lady that was with us. Uh, she's a small lady, older woman. Um, real quick, are you familiar with Bobo from the show Finding uh, Finding Bigfoot? Yes. Okay, so if you ever if you ever heard him do his vocalizations, well, this little lady, she, I consider her like the female version of Bobo. He, her vocalization sounded just like Bobo. And uh, I got on the radio and I said, um, oh, I'm having a brain fog, I'm forgetting her name. But I told her, um, I said, hey, go ahead, give a vocalization. Go ahead, give one of your sounds off. And then when you do it, we'll all stop and listen. And she gave off her vocalization. And I was surprised to hear that probably about 10 seconds or so after she got done, we actually got a response, but it was a little bit further in the distance. It sounded like it came from over the opposite ridge, uh, which I thought was cool. You know, I said, okay, we got something, you know. Um, you know, it was better than what we were getting before that, which was nothing. Um, and, you know, again, we were, you know, on occasions we would hear a couple of limbs snap way up on the ridge directly behind us. But, you know, that could have been anything. Um, you know, there's bears, there's deer, and other wildlife. Um, well, it got to the point where it was late, it was dark, um, nothing else was really going on, so we decided to regroup and head back to camp. By this time, it was just about midnight, and so we started walking back, and we were in a single file line, 
And I was in front of everybody, but we were all talking at normal tone. We weren't trying to keep quiet. And then we got halfway up, uh, almost back out to the main forest road. And while we're walking, all of a sudden, like 10 feet right in front of me on the side of the road, here comes this deer walking right towards us. And uh, one of the things I thought was interesting was it didn't seem startled. It was just like acting like we were nothing to it, you know. It was literally walking right towards us, and then it turned off and walked further into the darkness and disappeared. Well, this is where it got interesting. Right after seeing that deer, up ahead on the opposite side of the forest road, something catches my attention. Now, keep in mind, it's dark. We have our headlamps on, and something's reflecting over there. I didn't know what it was at first. I'm staring at it. And now keep in mind, in the forest out here, in the natural forest, sometimes there's these little, little metal signs in random places. And basically what they tell you is no vehicle to be on this point. And at first, that's what I thought I'm seeing. And I said, like, that's an odd place to have one of those. Then I'm looking at it. The longer I'm staring at it, in the dark, like it becomes in focus. Because what happens was it blinked. And that's where I realized it was a set of eyes. And my buddy Tracy, that was right behind me, I said, Tracy, what the heck is that? And my first initial thought was, is that a mountain lion? Because, yes, there's mountain lions over here. Um, although the, the authorities deny it over here in this part of the country, but that's another story. <laughs> but um, but that was my first initial thought. I was like, is that a mountain lion? Because they were kind of yellowish looking eyes, and it was low to the ground. But while we're both staring at it, it, like, disappears, like, it turns off and zips off real quick, uh, real fast. So Tracy, he gets the he gets a hold of the rest of the group. The guys come up here. We got some eye shine up here, and so we all get up into that very same spot where we saw that set of eye shine, and we're, you know we're looking down into the woods. And keep in mind, we're up higher. We didn't know. I didn't realize at the time, but it did slope down a little bit, you know, and then it leveled back out. But we're looking in the woods there, and all of a sudden we see that same set of eye shine again. And it's probably between 30, maybe 30 and 40 feet, maybe. Um, but we're noticing it. It's like I said, large yellowish looking eye shine. But here's the interesting thing. It was swaying side to side. And we didn't know what we were looking at because we didn't see no body. We didn't see no shape. We're just seeing eye shines. And it's like swaying side to side pretty swiftly. And so we're watching this. And, you know, Whatever it was, wasn't really that tall, but you can tell we estimated it had to been no, no taller than four feet tall. And I, again, I personally, at that particular moment, had no clue what we were looking at. Well, a minute or two later, over four or five feet to the, uh, to the right of that one, another set of eye shine appears, a little bit taller, probably about two feet taller than that four foot one. Same color eye shine. And keep in mind, we're not seeing no shapes, nothing yet large yellowish looking eyes and i guess because our headlamps were bright it would blink its eyes on occasions so we're looking at two different subjects we got a small one that's still steadily swaying side to side now we got a six foot one that's you know she's staring at us occasionally blinking its eyes and you know i'm like what in the world are we looking at? what are these you know i'm very familiar with this area this is like this is my playground this is my exploring area you know my research area um i've seen almost every bit of wildlife that exists in there and it's just not ringing a bell i said this is very odd i wasn't even thinking about bigfoot bigfoot wasn't even on my mind and then after a moment observing these the two of them i start panning around and looking and over behind the thick brush there was another set of eye shine that i picked up and noticed i pointed it out to everyone and I think the only one that paid attention to it was Tracy. He was still uh, beside me. Well, this set of eye shine, it looked like it was on the ground. And it started to raise up. Like it was like as if it was crouched down or, or something. And it started getting taller and taller and taller. And it's coming off of the bushes. And all of a sudden it comes to a, a stop at another two feet over top of the six foot one. So now this is really getting interesting because. We got three subjects, three of the same color eye shine, very large. This one here, the eyes looked a little wider. And I was like, what in the world is this? It wasn't until my buddy Tracy said, guys, I think we got squatches. Now, when he said that, 
I'm thinking, okay, I want to believe that, but I need to see something that's going to, you know, that can confirm that. I can't jump on board yet. I, it, although all this is mysterious and very interesting, it's very fascinating. Um, that tall one made a maneuver. It turned to its left and took a step or two and looked back. Then when it did that, I believe the light caught it at the right angle. Because when it did that, there was no denying what I saw next. You could clearly see the shape of some wide, broad shoulders and a big round head that was on top. And when I saw that, I was like, these are not no bears. And yeah, we got big bears out here, but these bears don't have shoulders, you know? So mm, here I am, yeah. I'm convinced that, okay, these are large humanoid looking figures here that have, yeah, humans got wide shoulders, you know? Well, we got shoulders, but these were wide, very wide and broad, and then the head on top. Um, we didn't see, but you know, to be honest with you, we didn't see no physical features. I would have loved to see that. I would have loved to see some details. But after seeing that shape, I was convinced that, like, okay, I think we really do got squatches here. So after a, this obser observation, um, they all seen all, all three of them seemed to like turn off and go disappear further into the darkness. Um, and then after that, we finally turned off and started walking back. And as we were walking, uh, oh, the lady's name just Kimmy. Her name was Kimmy. And she was she was the only one that expressed any nervousness. And she was like, Oh my god, guys, she's like, they're 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 paralleling us, they're following us. And we heard some limbs snap and whatnot, you know, beside us. And I was like, No, they're just going away. They're trying trying to get away from us, they're going about their business, you know. But yeah, she's the only one that ever expressed any nervousness. I, I never felt any fear. And I think I think the reason behind it was because there was five others with me. If I was by myself, I think it, I probably would have felt completely different about the whole thing. But um, that was very interesting. Now, I, I don't know how much time we have. I mean, I can share a little bit more with something yeah. that happened yeah. a year later. I don't know if you have time. Okay. All right. Awesome. Well, the jump ahead in the year 2015 it was during the hunting season and right around the corner from that very same location where we experienced that yeah it was maybe not even a quarter mile around the corner but in the same section of woods there was a camp spot where i had my camp set up at and it was probably about 10 o'clock at night and i'm sitting there i have my fire going my vehicle there my shotgun leaning up against my vehicle but I'm sitting there. It's very quiet. Um, you know, I wasn't sleepy. I was just very, I don't know. I was sitting there. I was bored. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get up and walk around. I grabbed my spotlight and I walked out to the middle of the forest road. Now, keep in mind, I do this when I can't by myself or when I bring others. I'm like, come on, guys, let's go walk out into the road, you know, and, and stand there in the darkness. I do that for about a minute or so just to listen and look around. And so I did that. When I got to the middle of the forest road, keep in mind, my spotlight was not turned on. It was, uh, oh, I don't even have it with me to show you, but you know, it's a handheld one. It has got the trigger on it. Yeah. And well, after I stood there in the darkness for a, a short moment, I started shining my spotlight, looking at the tree line across from me. I was probably about maybe 20, 20 feet from the tree line. And I started shining it to my left. And right inside the tree line, okay, I kicked up a deer. You know, I heard the sound of a deer, like, jump up and run off. I said, oh, cool, I spooked a deer, you know. So I'm panning my spotlight from my left to my right. And it, basically, if you could kind of picture a clock between when I got around the one and hit the two o'clock position, that's when I stopped. Because I stopped because I heard something. And immediately what I was hearing was steps. Whatever was inside that tree line was very large, very heavy, and without doubt, bipedal. Every step I heard had a crunch and a thump to it. And when I heard this, I mean, my heart started coming up into my chest. I, I was trying to catch my breath, and my heart was starting to pound. because I heard this very clearly, and I knew I was hearing something on two feet that was very large and heavy. I didn't see nothing. But like I said, it was just inside that tree line. And 
hearing what I was hearing, knowing that it was that close, was kind of freaking me out a little bit. <laughs> so I start walking backwards. Yeah. And with the opposite hand, I'm reaching my key to my keys that are hooked to my belt loop. And I'm pushing my, my button to make sure my vehicle was unlocked just in case I just in case if I had to jump inside and take off. But when I got back into my camp, I threw another log or two in my campfire. I sat down and I instantly relaxed. I mean, whatever that sense of fear just dropped. I got real comfortable all of a sudden. And I'm sitting there just going through my head what I just heard and experienced. It's like whatever that was, if it meant any harm, it had every opportunity to come out and attack me or you know, sack me like a football player, you know. So but this was going away from me. I had to keep that in mind. That's what my my thought was. Okay, that's part of what calmed me down is realizing it was going away from me. The the one thing about this situation that I compare and look at with 2014, which was a year before, there was deer present at both situations. Now, I've always heard a lot of people believe that Bigfoot hunts deer. Well, you know, sure, why not? You know, it's a protein, it's meat, you know. It's, um, so that's something I constantly question myself about those two situations because there were deer present prior to the situation. Were those Bigfoots, or assuming, well, assuming that they actually were Bigfoots, you know, and were they about to make a hunt? Were they about to go after that de those deer that were present, you know? Um, so, yeah, that's something I constantly think uh, about. Were they, it, you know, did, did we interrupt something? Maybe. <laughs> it's, it's really, really funny hearing you say that, Daniel, because I was out in the forest probably no shorter than two weeks ago. And I found a deer carcass right next to this footprint where I got the the DNA from. And your experience, I've just oh. sat here. Yeah. And I've just sat here for the last 20 minutes going, how similar is it to my experience that, that I've had? I've had no eyes shine um, and, and no actual movement. I have had um, deer carcasses found, scat found, um, footprints being found. Now, with your relationship between the deer and Bigfoot, I am on the lines with you there where I think they do hunt deer to eat because it would make sense. And it just sparked right. me that I found it. I found many, many bones um, near near this footprint, um, and it just it just strikes. But I, but by sat sat here for the last twenty minutes, absolutely in shock. Mate. Mm -hmm. I really, 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 really enjoyed it, and it it's an amazing experience. Oh wow! Okay. To have now. Have you come across other deer carcasses before in the area or just other parts of the forest, no. maybe? No? Okay. Huh. That's interesting. Um, do, do you guys have coyotes out there? No. No coyotes. Okay. Now, they're all over the United States here in North America. So, <laughs> yeah, there's tons of them. We have sometimes you hear in the evenings. Or early morning, sometimes you'll hear the pack of coyotes. They're, they, they're like wolves. They'll sound off together. Sometimes you might have one, and then the rest of them will sound off, communicate. You know. But now I was just wondering because I have seen. Well, we have wolves here too. Um, there is wolves here in the United States. Um, but yeah, I was interested because it was uh, several years ago. Coming up the forest road, headed back to my camp, I seen this deer run across the road, and it was like running like lightning, and then immediately following it was a very large canine now it could have been a very large coyote but from what the view of i got of it i later learned that we do have red wolves here in virginia uh the state of virginia here on the east coast and uh i got to think i said maybe that's what that was you know because i've seen evidence i've seen pictures of people east of me you know with holding up a dead wolf because it was getting into its livestock and you know the the homeowner had to kill it you know 
you know, to protect the livestock. But um, so yeah, we do have wolves here, um, which I always keep in mind. You know, uh, See, on some occasions I do find no, large canine tracks out in the woods. We have no pre- no predators here at all. Wow. Wow, yeah. that's interesting. Well, that's awesome though, because you know, then yeah, if you yeah, if you could definitely rule out you know various species, that kind of gets you wondering. Okay, well, what here is killing this? You know, <laughs> so and yeah, it, and you you got primate the, DNA. Um, yeah, and it's we are meant to have this big black cat, which is also a cryptid as well. So I'm. I'm like, do we have this black cat that's killing it? The only, only logical explanation that it died um, of old age um, and and then badgers uh, and that foxes then took um, some, some of the skin. But when we first found it, the skin uh, and the sorry, the hair was spreaded out everywhere. So that's oh, all yeah. I know that the hair was there. There was no skin, though. Okay. Now were the, were all just, the bones together? Were they were the bones still attached together? No. Okay. Well, Usually that's well, the cause well, of because when it dies or whatever killed it. Yeah, whatever killed it. Sometimes there's other remains where you might have small critters that will like possums, raccoons, small things. They they'll take and eat the bones and they'll spread, you know, sometimes they'll spread them out, but you know. Um that's interesting though. Mm. Mm. It, yeah. It's a, yeah, you'll have to it's, uh, a, you... it's a really, really weird things that we found and what i'll do and i think you're literally i think you're literally about to say this was i will send you over all the photos and all the stuff that we found because i think you'll be in absolute shock yeah yeah i would definitely love to check that out if you're willing to send them to me yeah absolutely yeah and it's i'm like curious to see from, you know, how that is from where i'm sat right now the forest is 10 minutes away from my house. Oh, that's nice. That's awesome. Mm. Yeah, you got to love that. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so, um, um, yeah. My, um, how often do you. My... I'm sorry, go ahead. Go on. No, go on. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, so, my last two. <laughs> My last two um, things for you, Daniel. Um, now, I would love to do another interview with you because I've got two pages full of questions and I'm not going to have time oh, to, yeah. fi- to kind of It's okay. <laughs> um, so um, my last two questions for you is um, what advice would you give someone um, who might have a Bigfoot encounter? Well, sometimes some, well, first of all, there's some people um, that a lot, well, I should say a lot of people, it it shocks a lot of people. Um, Sometimes it puts themselves in disbelief, but then again, you know what you saw. And a majority of people that have experiences, and I've learned this over the years, a lot of people have seen things and experienced things and it, 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 it could be traumatizing to them and but yet they're they have fear of sharing that information they're they're they have fear of telling somebody because sadly there's so much ridicule and mockery from other people uh especially if they're non-believers um or skeptics people don't want to share things because they don't want to get made fun of they got reputations to you know to obtain and maintain and um if you know the best thing to do is is to talk about it but you know get comfortable with people uh well no let the people get comfortable with you uh and by doing so like i've done don't be afraid to do what you're doing now you're, you're putting yourself out there which is a big step you know 
uh, especially at a young age, you're doing a good thing. Um, and a lot of us believe that the youth need to step up and, and start looking into this more, you know? Um, and, and, I, and, and the more you put the I, word about there, I, out there, yeah. And I will say um, that that is one of my jobs. I've started a Bigfoot convention here in the UK, a yearly Bigfoot yeah. convention. Now, I had pro probably about 40 different people turn up to my last one. We had guest speakers and we had all sorts. And we had children that were there from 10 minutes before the event started until it ended. Now, that's four hours to that's listen awesome. to, yeah. to Bigfoot. Now, that is my end goal, to get all the people in the UK to know about Bigfoot. Because when you bring the word up Bigfoot here in the UK, you'll get laughed at. You will get laughed at. Um, right. And they'll go, what a stupid thing to do. Um, now, there's only a small amount of people here in the UK that will believe in Bigfoot. Now, when when I go, these creatures are real. These creatures are out there in some shape or form. Um, and that's why I've started my team. I've, I've started another beer. Bigfoot team and we're all coming together to kind of really push Bigfoot here in the UK and not and not only here to try and push it everywhere to get that word out there that that these creatures are here and how and the more people we get involved the more chance we have of proving that something's real absolutely Absolutely. Uh, one thing you could do too, it's totally up to you. Um, one thing I do, I have cards made up, you know, like, I don't know if you can see it, but that's, you know, my business card has got, got my picture up there. It's got basic information about who has got me, um, m my group that I organize. And then you could put whatever contact, if you don't want your phone number up there, you could put your email up there. If you have email, I got, I got my event website because I host an annual event myself every year. So I do, I actually, I just started a second event, which is coming up a month before my other event. So, um, uh -huh. so yeah, I'm very busy myself. I'm either out in the field researching, working or doing an event somewhere. I speak at a lot of events too. So, but yeah, that's something you could, you could have some of these made up online and print them out and, you know, you could share them, put them out in, different public places if you're you know if places allow that but I, I put i put these up everywhere um and it's actually um it's actually worked out great because there's some people that will learn about you um you know in, in time they'll feel comfortable to say daniel um i've seen something i want to tell you about it you know they'll get comfortable enough to start sharing things with you mm -hmm. and and the more you start doing that uh, like with your events you'll have people your event will be a safe place for people because they're going to want to come check it out. And they're going to like, okay, I could tell these people about what I saw or, you know, or what I experienced. So, and we have a lot of that. I mean, because I mean, my events, we had vendors that sell stuff, but yeah, I have my guest speakers too. And again, uh, people want to ask questions to the speakers or a lot of people, they, a lot of people that come out to my events, they know who I am. So, they hunt me down and want to talk to me. And I know they like doing that. So I go hide somewhere. <laughs> I'm busy. <laughs> but, but no, I don't mind. I love talking to people. But sometimes some people take up too much of your time when you try to, you got other things going on. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, but yeah. So, yeah. But you'll learn. You, you'll, you'll see that. You'll get people wanting to talk to you and share stories with you. So. Yeah, um, and that is that is probably my main goal is to kind of get a comfortable community that will come and share with me, myself, my my team, and to kind of share and go. Look, I've seen this. Can 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 you guys help me? Um, that is what I want my right. end goal to kind of be. Um, so, 
yeah um yeah amazing so my last question for you is what is the most interesting thing you've learned about bigfoot over the years of your researching the most interesting thing i've learned about bigfoot well besides bigfoot being a very mysterious uh subject um uh, well oh man there's so many different directions i can go with that um but to keep it simple um i don't know i guess it draw it brings a lot of people together it, it definitely it brings a lot of people together um you'll you'll learn that it, it will bring skeptics enthusiasts and believers and non-believers together the non-believers are curious enough to come together to, to hear about it but um you'll learn that it is it's it's a it, it's a fun subject the more you get into it um you know like i tell everybody you got to have fun with it um but yeah i mean for now i think that's all i could really say about that uh yeah right now it, it's a fun subject it's it's been educational because it puts me in other directions you know the research and um it's opened up a new world to me and um i'm sure you probably it's probably doing the same thing with you right now and then other opportunities and other doors will open to you and uh, other revelations will come about like hey wait a minute you know i'm gonna start researching and reading about this so yeah it's put me in in different positions to research and read and learn about other things that I can relate and and put together with my research. So, um, you know, I've yeah, had the opportunity to be featured in. Uh, yeah, I've been featured in a few Bigfoot documentaries, um, and they. It's been educational because by me being in these different Bigfoot films, it allows me to share my awareness and spread my awareness. So, um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of opportunities in this too, but. Um, you know, as you being yeah, a young gentleman, I, I would tell you, I would like to tell you and others is to um, don't let this be careful in the direction it might take you in because some people take this and only use it to make money off of <laughs> a Bigfoot's a yeah. big money bracket, you know, so just be careful with that. Don't let don't let it take you in that direction. It's OK to make money off of it, but just don't let it let that control you, <laughs> you know, but yeah, yeah, that's that's one thing I would tell people, too. So yeah but, yeah amazing yeah so daniel it's been lovely lovely chatting with you um and um i am i am gonna have to do another part two with you because i have so many questions oh. and i'm not and i've not been able to kind of cover them in in one hour but uh thank you so much daniel um and thank you so much uh, everyone, if if you guys watching have any questions for, for for Daniel, please just comment, or you. I'm sure he wouldn't mind if you messaged him on Facebook. But thank you so much, guys. Mm -hmm. Um, and keep searching and stay yeah. mythical. <laughs>